there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll help you find a place to take that load off. The Chili Crew is just about to start. If you've been here before, well, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on how things work around here. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And just let me say, you came at a great time, too. We're taking a weekly walk through the Bible, one story at a time, from Genesis to Revelation. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dough. I got to go. Those youngsters better get the lead out. This crowd's ready to go. I'll be right over there. Didn't realize the restaurant would be this busy today. I'm coming, I'm coming. Welcome to the Chili. Order up. Okay, so here we go in the chapter 42. Tonight, we were uh, joined by you guys. Welcome, and uh, we got Sully, Susanna, Justin, and me, Tom. All right, here we go, chapter 42. Um, when Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you keep looking at each other? I'm sorry. I got that one. Why are you looking at each other? Like, hey, we're starving over here. Go get some food. Like it's going to make it any better. We're just going to look at each other. Brothers okay. are friends, not food. <laughs> <laughs> he continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others, because he was afraid that harm might come to him. Yeah, the last time he trusted one of the younger. You know, I was just going to say that. I think Jacob kind of... I don't think Jacob's stupid. Like, I think he knew this was the, the one of the few times I ever sent Joseph out, and all of a sudden he comes back dead, quote-unquote. Yeah, or missing. Yeah, he, he has to also suspect the company because... He knows that his sons just killed a, a whole city. <laughs> well, this would have been, you know, a couple years ago. All right, so verse 5. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? He asked. And they said, from the land of Canaan, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my lord, they answered. Your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. No, he said to them. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, Your servants were, tw your servants were twelve brothers, the sons of one man, who lived in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, 
It is just as I told you. You are spies, and this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will stay here in prison, so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Okay. Why was it that Joseph demanded, or why do you guys think that Joseph demanded more or less to see his youngest brother? To have all of them. To have all of them together. Okay, so to have all of them together. So then it completes the dream that he had. Well, I don't know. Was was the dream? No, I think the dream was just his older brothers, wasn't it? Because Benjamin was just a baby at that point. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I kind of assumed it was like he just wants to make sure his brother's okay. That, I mean, him, you know, him and Benjamin are the only two that were born from Rachel. And it's Rachel, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Rachel. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I feel like they were kind of like their own group and then the others are their own group. So he probably wants to make sure they didn't do anything to mess with his brother. If they hated him so much, they probably... Uh, I think I'm with you on that one. Like, I think honestly, they were probably, he was probably more suspicious of them. Cause I mean, okay. So they go in and then they say, they actually say one of the sons is gone. So like one of the sons is dead. They're talking to that son and they know, he knows for a fact that they know for a fact that they did not kill him. Do you understand what I mean? So like he is assuming that they're lying right now when they're just, you know, they're just assuming that he died in captivity or something, you know, because it's been several years by this point. So he's already finding out, wait a second, something's wrong with their story in the first place. What's happened to Benjamin? I mean, does this sound legitimate or when he left, there was, uh, you know, he was one of the youngest and then Benjamin. So he probably, you know, had a closer bond with Benjamin than his other brothers that kept him at a distance because he was this dreamer. And Benjamin is probably pretty young. When Joseph left, oh, so yeah. now he's, you know, he's trying to see the extents that his brothers would go with this new youngest sibling. Okay, Just, so, he's, so he's like testing them more or less. Right. Uh, verse 18, on the third day, Joseph said to them, do this and you will live for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified, and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come to us. Reuben replied, Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? <laughs> Told you so. I told you guys that it was a bad idea, but you, no, 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 you wouldn't listen. No, to no, nobody listens to Reuben. He's just named after a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. That's I don't, that's what I was thinking too. Was was when I, when I read this, it, it seems like they're almost like thinking karmaic right now. Like like what goes around comes around. Now, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, this has been what seventeen years. You know, I, honestly, I don't know. I know it's been a long time, though. And because... the brother and the brothers still all travel together. I'm like, 
These guys, uh, well, think about it though. These brothers, they have to be pushing like a, Ruben's got to be in his forties, or at least forty. Like he has to be. Right. So well, all I the think... rest and all the rest of them. Remember when we looked at that calendar on the live cast? All the rest of the brothers were only months apart, like almost all of them. And then Joseph was several years later, and then Benjamin was a couple years after that. So, so like they're their forties, early fifties, probably. Yeah. yeah. And and Reuben's the oldest, taking on that that uh, that patriarch role of see, I knew best. No one wanted to listen to me. I think it's interesting that they understood, you know, they understood that concept that like they sinned and they did something bad. Therefore, you know, they deserved, you know, therefore this distress has come upon us like a cause and effect. They're like, oh, man, we messed up. Therefore, the wages of our sin, you know, is like a punishment and a death. Now, I think that to this point, I think there was some feelings that that Joseph was going through seeing his brothers. But understanding that they didn't know him when they seen him. And this next part is what I think is like the most fun. If I was in Joseph's shoes, how this next part would have like, you know, been a lot of fun because you're he's talking to an interpreter, so they don't know that he knows that. I was just tongue. gonna say that, like that's isn't that the icing on the cake? Like he forced an interpreter to Maybe I'm wrong with this one, but it sounds to me, if I can put some creative spin on this, I don't think he told anybody. I think he is the only one that is in on what's happening this whole time. Right. Oh, I would have done the same thing. Like, seriously, I get a chance to mess with somebody like this. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I'll just reiterate number 22. Verse 22. Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They didn't realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to put each man's silver back in his sack, and to give them provisions for their journey home. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey. And when he saw his silver was in the mouth of his sack, My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank, and they turned to each other trembling and said, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him that they had what had happened to them. And they said, The man who is Lord over the land, spoke harshly to us and treated us as though we were spying on the land. But we said to him, We are honest men. We are not spies. We were twelve brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is now with our father in Canaan. Then the man who is Lord over the land said to us, This is how I will know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take food for your starving households and go. But bring your youngest brother to me, so I will know that you're not spies, but are honest men. Then I will give you your brother back, and you can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. When they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin... Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, 
You may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care, and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, My son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead, and he is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in sorrow. Could you imagine being in the shoes of the brothers when they get home and they realize they have money in their pouches as well as the, the grain? It's, it's like when you go through those self-checkouts and you get home and realize something's not on the receipt, but you took it home anyway. It's like, <laughs> I accidentally shoplifted. <laughs> <laughs> these guys oh, went down no. there and gave the money and they came back with the money and they're going, no, really, we we, we paid for everything, right? <laughs> right? So they're here kind of freaking out. Oh, man. You know, and, uh, yeah, and Jacob just writes off Simeon, which is, it, you know, it's in- indicative of what happens in the future when he curses him. So it's like his attachment to Simeon isn't there anymore because of what happened. Um, well, he's been grieving this whole time. Right. This Like, it, he never ended his grieving. He, he, was, he was just stuck in this perpetual state of depression. Why would Reuben sacrifice his own sons? Why? It, it was like, um, I have wronged you once before. It won't happen again. He's willing to say, this is how serious I am. You'll kill them if I don't bring it back. You can trust me. But Double down. this isn't Reuben's sons. This is actually... Jacob's grandsons. Well, in this in this uh in this family, that's probably all they have to show that's theirs right now. And if you want to talk you know, go down that road, Laban, he uh accused Jacob of leaving with all of his family, even though it was Jacob's family. Reuben doesn't have anything to barter with except for his children. When we did the whole thing with Laban and did that story about Laban, Laban did not say why did you take my grandchildren? Because in that culture, they actually did not, they did not recognize grandchildren, great-grandchildren. They did not recognize them as a separate son or separate daughter. That's why he said, why have you taken my sons and daughters? Let me play the devil's advocate here for just two seconds. Wasn't Joseph lying? I understand the purpose behind it. He, he obviously wanted to see if these were the same men that tried to kill him and sell him and da-da-da-da-da. Like when? This whole time. He, he, he knew they were not spies. He was speaking a non-truth when he said, you are spies. Accuse them of spies. He knows they're not spies. Wasn't he lying? Technically, yes, it's <laughs> a lie. You, I wish, I wish you guys would have been able to see this one. Like, I see a whole lot of, like, uh, him and Han, kind of. I feel like Joseph, I mean, he probably thinks the worst of his brothers after what they did to him. I mean, so, honestly, I feel like he could have every reason to think, you know, he this, probably thinks this because was of the blessing and stuff for Jacob, like, their family is going to be taken care of, maybe. So, what are they doing here? Like he probably thinks he thinks that they're like these evil, horrible, hateful people. So I think he totally could think that they're just being spies, and who knows what they're trying to get away oh, with. Okay. But okay, in the previous one, he was talking about the translator actually using the translator. He did weep because their brothers already just wrote him off. Like he's like, this is how little they think of me. They they thought he was already dead. Yeah. So I yeah. don't feel the fact that like. 
I honestly feel like he's just playing one heck of a joke. <laughs> just one <laughs> heck of a joke. Well, I, I think that I, I think that uh, there would be no consequences in what he's saying because he's Pharaoh's number two. There's no one higher than than Pharaoh yep. but Joseph. You know, yep. there's no one higher than Joseph but Pharaoh. And so, if Joseph is saying you guys are spies, Pharaoh's not going to step in and say, "Okay, Joseph said they're spies. I'm taking care of it." No, he's going to entrust that Joseph will take care of it. So Joseph is saying you're spies, and I'm going to take care of it. This I could see a, a huge manipulating game. I think that he knows that there's going to be, you know, he wants reconciliation and he wants everyone to come together. And um, like talking about parallels with Joseph and Jesus, like we see, you know, I said um, a while back how, you know, they knew that their sin was going to have consequences. They're like, it's coming and it's biting us in the butt. So that's what, that's what we deserve when we, you know, when we sin, we deserve death. Like, but then the, wage, the wages see, of sin is death. Right. Right. And then you see that Joseph, like before he was even reconciled with his brothers, he, he filled their bags with grain and he didn't even, he didn't even make them pay for it. So he gave them all this undeserving things, even though they were wicked, even though they hadn't reconciled, he gave them this like amazing gift they hadn't repented yet. They hadn't asked for forgiveness. And like, I think that that's this kind of, you know, beautiful picture of what like Jesus offers us, you know, like he gives us instead of bread, like he gives us everlasting life. And then we have to repent and accept it. And when they first gave it to him, you know, they, they were scared. Like they, they were afraid because they had guilty consciences. So when they had a blessing, they couldn't see it as a blessing from God or from their brother. Like they were afraid. And until, you know, until we're reconciled with Jesus, you know, we're, we're not going to recognize blessings for him from him. During this situation though, like Tom was talking about when, when Tom reiterated 22, he knew at that moment, verse 22, he knew, I, don't, I, I will not say repentant, maybe I shouldn't say repentant, that they at least felt sorry to some degree. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between feeling incredibly guilty about a sin you committed and actually repenting and asking forgiveness for that sin you committed. Right, because right now they're, they're like, oh, well, see what happens now? Like, yeah. not, That's like, not feeling repentant. Know. Yeah, it's not repentance. It's like a... I feel bad because of the circumstances I've been, I just put myself in. <laughs> Let me re reiterate verse 21, only in the King James version here. Go ahead. And they said to one another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother in that we saw anguish in, of his soul. And when he besought us, we would not hear. Therefore, this, therefore is this distress come upon us. So they're murmuring back and forth saying, see, um, we're guilty. We did this, and this is what's come of it. And Joseph can hear them and understand right. their words, and he's understanding that they have now taken ownership, that they feel that they're being punished now because they did the bad thing. And Reuben was saying that he stood up for him, and he knows now that somebody had his back, that there was not, you know, it, they weren't all out to get him, that it was but, a, a conversation. 
but yet even though to some degree some form of 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 guilt repentance something is happening here in the hearts of these boys young men old men actually um middle-aged men middle-aged men uh something is happening in their hearts yet joseph still goes through the whole facade did he know that they were going to come back or no like I, he obviously sent him out on a mission they said hey you got to bring this boy back or else i think that he he uh, wanted to remove any obstacles of them coming back that's why he gave them back the money that's why he gave them provisions to go back so when they finally went back all it would be is a change of heart of saying, well, let's go back because now they, they have money to buy more grain that um, they, they don't have to have more provisions to um, equip themselves for the journey back again. So he removed obstacles for them to come back to him. And incentive. I think it's interesting too, like in verse eight, like I feel like this should have been a major clue to the brothers when in verse 18, Joseph says to them, you know, on the third day, do this and live for I fear God. Like they should have been like, wait a minute, what's this ruler in Egypt saying that he, you know, is a God fearing man. Well, don't forget all throughout <laughs> tongue too. all throughout scripture. Well, no, it, it does say he was talking through an interpreter, but all throughout scripture, we find the, actually, I, I would say, especially in Genesis, we find these people that fear God, the one true God, that are not of the same people that follow the bloodline of, of Abraham. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, we find this in Scripture a lot. So I don't think it was too uncommon that they found, I, I guess, like a a ruler there, that a ruler in Egypt, because this, this was, and, and side note, historical facts, um, this was early Egypt. This was not the the giant dynasties. This was like I think the second or third dynasty. I think it was the dynasty of of, of uh, Pharaoh Jasher, and he was like one of the first few little dynasties. Like the famine is what actually gained Pharaoh and all of Egypt their wealth. So up to this point, I don't think they would have been like a. They they were probably a pagan nation. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I don't think they would have been like right now. Egypt has like what some. 63 gods or something like that some 63 deities that they believe in but i don't think they believed that necessarily back then uh l little side note i, I just kind of toss in there we were talking about parallels just to kind of cap this off here we were talking about how joseph and jesus had a lot of parallels jesus what happened after jesus was like about two years old or so what was Mary and Joseph commanded to go. Where were they commanded to go? Oh, they hung out in Egypt. Yeah. And they didn't hang out there for like a couple of years. It, they hang, hung out there for a while. Like, I think when Jesus came back, I think, and I could be wrong on this, but I think he was like eight or nine. So if he left when he was like two, he probably stayed there for about a good seven years or so. I don't know exactly. I, I'd have to, to double check that, but I know they went... To, and they hung out in Egypt for a long time. Well, yeah. And when, when Jesus came back, you know, and he was Messiah, um, his brothers, they didn't recognize him as the Messiah. They didn't believe he was, you know, they weren't the Messiah he expected. So, and I think we're going to see that 
again when Jesus comes back again. I think that this parallel, you know, it happened then. They didn't recognize him. But when he comes back, I think there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to recognize him or they're they're not. He's not going to be what they expect. And we're going to have this situation where, you know, it says in Isaiah 2, in the last days, you know, the, the nations, the mountain is going to be established. Jesus is going to be reigning from the mountain and all the nations that are going to stream stream to it to you know gain the the word of life right and um you know everyone's going to have to humble themselves and you know he's he's removing all these roadblocks and saying you know you might I, you know i might be different than what you expected but come humble yourself and forget you know what you thought you knew and just learn from me <laughs> and learn the truth like that we started the chapter with brothers going in there with their hands open. They go home with their pockets full. Um, they had, you know, grain plus everything they left with and then some. With a line drawn in the sand saying, your brother's staying here and you're not going to get anything more from Egypt unless you show up with your little brother. And I think this is a, a great spot to, to, to end this chapter because going, you know, it's going to be a few maybe months or years before they use up this grain, depending on how, how they all eat. Because <laughs> you know, the, the man, famine is upon skimpy, them. Man. So, um, Justin, do you, do you have any um, closing comments? Anybody have any more ideas on this chapter? Because we can tie this thing up right nope, now. I think, I think we should tie this right up. I think, I think this is really good. Suzanne, you want to cut us out of here in prayer? Yes. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this continuing opportunity to get together and get in your word and dissect your word. Um, and I just pray for everyone listening that they can, you know, take something from just reading through the scriptures together and they can apply it to their own life and they can, it can urge the desire to dig deeper and um, learn more. And just thank you. And um, in Jesus name, amen. 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 All right, thanks again for listening, everybody. This has been Tom. This has been Justin. This has been Sully. This is Susanna. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast, podcast, what are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>